Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast, a nerding out edition. Today, we are nerding out with Andrew Speranza, who is a prop maker, costume fabricator, and artist. He is known on social media as AS Creations, and he's worked on plenty of awesome shows and movies that we're definitely going to dive into. Thank you for joining us, and let us begin. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew, for joining us today and we're going to uh pick your brain and all the nerdy stuff that yeah you course. do and what we'd love to talk to you about thank you guys for having me it's a pleasure andrew i did not do a deep dive on you i went through some of your instagram <laughs> stuff so i am unaware of the projects that you have been involved with so please sure. forgive me for my ignorance i want no, this no, no. conversation to be how i found out about them so as you tell me of all the wonderful things that you've worked on when i squeal with joy please just yeah, yeah, know yeah. i'm excited to get more insight on it yeah just cut me off and ask about them and now this we'll is a casual whatever Perfect. This is a casual conversation where we talk, so there's no question. First question for you is, how did you get started? How did you translate your love of nerddom into this career? How did that How did that marriage happen? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was always, uh, I started off as like a collector of props, like, you know, masks and movie props and things, you know, scouring the net, um, you know, early, mid-90s um, through eBay and stuff like that. I ended up uh, purchasing an item, I found out that the seller was pretty local to where I lived. So I said, hey, instead of you shipping it, do you mind if I come up and pick it up? Absolutely no problem. Come over. So I get to his house and he has this like studio in his house where there's like these sculptures and like 20, 30, 40 masks lined up. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, you have to like teach me. I'm like, I need to be your Padawan. Like, I need to know how this works. So he's like, yeah, for sure. So we hit it off. We actually became close friends. Um, he helped me out with my first few sculptures. And uh, we did a couple early like Comic-Cons fan expos together. Um, and then from there, I sort of branched off, started doing my own um, sculpting, mold making, um, doing Comic-Cons on my own. And that's sort of how I started um, getting into the whole sculpting and the prop making and the costume fab uh, fabrication side of it. So it's actually, uh, it's fun. I've been doing it for like 12 12 years now on my own, yeah. What were the props that were on early 90s eBay? What, you know, because like, <clears throat> <laughs> as these warehouses liquidate products, there are certain things that become harder and harder to get, but a movie that was just made is a little bit easier. What stuff was flooding the marketplace? It, it, was, it was much harder to find things. Mm. Obviously there was no like Etsy, pretty much eBay was the main um, way to find custom like creations made by other prop people right so um like i was always into batman stuff and it was finding um yeah batman props and stuff through other um you know uh, prop makers like myself that were more into like down the road in their profession than i was um so yeah it was just that's how we did it back in the day you know we had small forums like on the rpf replica prop forum um you kind of message each other and be like hey does anyone have you know and batman costume pieces or you know ninja turtle heads or things like that so it's a much smaller network back then than it is now so yeah uh are you surprised that uh 
amateur prop makers, amateur cosplayers. The level now is so high. There's so much resources out there. Did you ever, when you obviously were a part of this at a very early, at a very early time, did you expect this to become such a pastime? Because the level of work out there there now is amazing. Yeah, there was much less resources. There was resources, like like I mentioned before, uh, the RPF, you know, forums like that, but there was a lot less uh, people who were into it. There was maybe like three to five, like big Batman costume suit makers at the time. Now there's you know much more than that. So figuring out like where to get your product, where to get your latex, your, your molding tools and stuff was a much smaller crowd. Um, and the limit of, you know, I guess not creativity, but, it was pretty basic things that we were seeing back then. Um, still amazing things, but now it's like you go to, you know, you search on Instagram or you're at a convention, the builds and the, the fabrication that, you know, amateur cosplayers, prop makers are creating is just like unreal. Cause there's so much more resources now. Like you can Google and search, you know, anything. And there's always someone there to help you and say, Hey, try this. Have you tried this? So it's there's just so much more now, so many more, more uh, resources to make, your craft you know better and that's as time has gone by like i've evolved as um a creator and i've just gotten you know i still practice and get better and better every every time i do something so it's a continuously evolving thing so it's it's kind of cool uh my dad was never the handy dad <laughs> he was never the guy who was like neither oh, was mine you... i'm not well, in I... what i was about to say uh, are your kids, which I now know that you have, uh, are, are they asking for like, daddy, you got to make me this thing or are their Halloween costumes always just better than all the other kids? Is there a pressure for you to like do this stuff pro bono for them? Yeah. I feel like there's, there's pressure. It's like, okay, Andrew's, uh, you know, Max's dad makes, you know, costumes and props for a living. Like what is Max going to have for, you know, Halloween this year or whatever. Um, so there's a bit of a pressure to like, okay, I can't put him in like you know, a paper bag and send them yeah. off to school. It's like, all right, I got to spend a month now building you something. Yeah. Uh, all the kids are dressed up fun. in the store-bought awesome. costumes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your son comes out dressed Watson, in the nine in a full like... Beskar Mandalorian suit. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, giant we know what his dad does for a living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Max's dad is a great name for a YouTube channel where you just make outfits for your son. I don't know, yeah, yeah. you can. that idea is free for you, but I would love to watch videos of Max's dad being like, how do I put this helmet on him? Yeah, and like a ten minute montage of you like measuring your son's head to make sure that the helmet will fit. Like, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, I want to do a life cast of him like eventually, but still too small. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. They'll keep growing. They'll keep growing. I've been told. So don't worry about it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I have the kids. Michael doesn't, but Michael, yeah, he gets it. He's got plenty of nephews. So I have plenty of nephews. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. That's awesome. Uh. When a new, uh, what, so you mentioned Batman, what are your other sort of iconic figures that stick out to you? Or what were the things that influenced you as a kid where you're like, oh, that Batman guy, I want those types of things. I see a lightsaber behind you. I know you have a giant Thanos on the other side too. So what are also those characters that like pop to you? Yeah, for sure. Batman was always my, my number one. Um, 
uh, specifically Keaton's Batman. Like I remember, well, I was born in 85 and I remember seeing Batman in 89 when I was four. Um, didn't see it in the theaters, but I saw returns in the theater uh, with my mom. That was what, 92? Um, but he's always stuck out. Um, and I seeing him is, it has that sort of childhood sentimental, you know, emotion to it. And it's, that's sort of what made me at an early age want to start building and start creating, uh, was seeing those costumes and things on screen. Also films like Ninja Turtles, like, you know, what Jim Henson did with the, the real turtle suits and everything was just like absolutely incredible. Uh, stuff like the labyrinth, um, anything, yeah, Jim Henson, any, anything that's, um, you know, stop motion with Star Wars, like just so many amazing like things that they did back then with such simple materials that I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I want to figure out how to do it. Um, and it's much easier to figure out how to do those things now than it was back then, right? So. I love that Michael Keaton's Batman has gone full circle. I feel like there was a little bit of time where people were like, those movies are kind of shitty. And now that we've had some shitty Batmans, people are like, you know, when I go back and look at those movies, there's a lot of love and time and effort and, you know, pre-CG stuff that are in those yeah, movies yeah. that really hold up. Yeah. I like, when I first heard that he was coming back and I was like, oh, okay, nah, if it's just a rumor, it's not going to happen. But then obviously they started filming and I'm like, this is like incredible. Like I get to see him again, like on screen, like 30 some odd years later, like in the bat suit, hopefully or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I'm really excited to see him. He is going to be in the bat suit in the flash movie. He's going to suit up. Um, from my it's, understanding, it's gotta be a robot suit, right? It's gotta no, be so, old man, Batman. Suit. My it's gotta be that iron man suit. A few people well, I talked to seen... said it's kind of like the uh, the Kingdom Come suit, where it's like his suit, but it's got some servos on it to keep his like he's like he's seventy, so I mean obviously he's got to have some muscle reinforcing tech on there. <laughs> sure. um, but we saw but those then, few uh, pictures for... leaked of the, or I think it was Batgirl, but we saw a few yeah. pictures leaked from yeah. From so Batgirl uh, the Batgirl was... stuff that is um, part of the new timeline that exists after the Flash, after he makes a new timeline, and that's part of his flashback of that world. So that's going to be like twenty, thirty years ago, a younger. Yeah, yeah. Batman in, I honestly think that stunt suit looks pretty rad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have not seen these leaked pictures. Where are these leaked pictures? <laughs> what do you mean we saw them? I haven't yeah. seen these pictures. I'm going to send them to you because <laughs> Thank I'm you, not Taylor. Get... It's a stunt. Yeah, it's a stunt guy, Michael. I'm not going to get my like, butt sued by Warner you, Brothers for putting get, him on a show. You get the okay, okay. feels from it, so it's awesome. Ooh, yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. I've got one on my phone yeah. here. Let me find it for you. I have so many pictures on my phone to have seen. It's mostly yeah. of my son, though. <laughs> uh, I feel like what Sony did, because now everyone is doing this with, they did it, the Spider-Verse movie, and we're like, oh, no, all of these things can now be true. And I'm so happy that Batman is now also getting that treatment of like, guess what? There's lots of different Batmans, and they're all a little bit different, and we'll make them as long as you'll keep watching them. Yeah, I think sure. the ironic part is that the Flash movie started production like three years before they started filming Multiverse. Mm, mm. And then like they just delayed it so many times that oh now we now they beat it now they beat DC to the punch. Now people are gonna be like, oh, they're copying them. But it was like DC technically started making that movie like six years ago. Yeah, really this bad. is the Keaton suit. Look at this suit. Look at that <laughs> cow. Michael's enjoying it for the first time now, everybody. Here you go. Oh, it's yeah. so Real time. good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's a little different. It's got some flexibility to it. Um, it's and it's got some very suit, different so details sure on it. The, the full-on hero suit is going to be much more detailed, like much more oh, yeah. tight, tapered to him. So, 
Yeah. And the coolest thing about that was like, thanks to all those uh, set photos, we know that this version of Batman has a Robin. Like, he actually Taylor, has a Robin. Taylor, you can't show it on screen. Now Warner Brothers is going to yeah. sue you. <laughs> well, it was it's fast. already out there. It's already it out fast. there, yeah. Anyways. Um, well, funny no, funny I, story, if we can just circle back to the Keaton thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of opening a new a new conversation here. Um, in 2018, um, I got an email from, so I was going to finish do, I, I've been doing conventions for 10 years and I was going to take a break from doing conventions and sort of just get back to going to conventions, but not being an exhibitor just as a fan. Cause I miss it, you know, being behind a booth, doing all the work and stuff. It's tiring. I'm like, I want to come back as a fan. So I was going to do my last fan expo here in 2018, but then three months before I got an email from uh, the property master on Titans and he said, Hey, Andrew, we've seen your stuff. Um, there's something we need. Um, we know that you're local. Can you help us with this? And he sent me like a rendition of, um, of Batman. And I'm like, like my mouth is like dropped. I like, I don't know what I did in the moment, but I remember I somehow fanboyed in some euphoric way. That I'm yeah. like, this is it. I'm like, this is like incredible. Like, this is like organically, spontaneously happening. Um, so obviously, I'm like, yes, my schedule is free. Let me know what you want. So we started going back and forth. Um, and he's like, we need a cowl designed. Um, it's going to be mostly in uh, silhouette, darker scenes and stuff. Um, I'm like, sure, I can do it for you, no problem. I'm like, if I can do something, I'm like, what's my range on creating this? He goes, you have free range. So instantly I'm like, Michael Keaton, he's like, wow. go for it. He's like, go for it. I'm like, boom. So I like did the cowl based on the returns. Like, you know, I wanted to make the ears longer, a very sleek silhouette. So I'm, I made my cowl based on Michael Keaton's cowl for which the actor, Alan, uh, Alain Moussey wore one of the stunt guys as a uh, Batman in the finale. So that was sort of my right, Keaton homage. Seconds. I, I, I was kind of hoping you'd bring this up. I actually got yeah. the picture. Yeah, there's wow. Alan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I, I I love the length of the ears. That yeah, they are longer, but yeah, that's a yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I, they wanted a very prominent silhouette in like the shadows and stuff. So yeah, that was like a test. The, the photo on the left is like a test footage. So he's sort of just testing the how this how the suit fits to him, and obviously more was added after. Um. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. There, there was a bunch of uh, there was a bunch of deleted scenes that were gonna be used. Like there was a scene where um, Batman was fighting alongside the two Robins, which was supposed to be part of the finale, but it didn't it didn't happen, which is unfortunate because that would have been awesome. But there's some photos out I, there of that too. There is. I have them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Taylor, Taylor, and I have not been able to do a full discussion on the new Batman movie. So I don't want to bring up too many topics because we're just going to talk about them again. Yeah, yeah. But briefly, yeah. We're talking about. Uh, have you seen the new Batman yet? Mm. I saw it on Thursday. We also great. We're all in the Thursday <laughs> club. Great. Yeah. Um. What? Because there's a lot to talk about here. The new suit was so wonderful. Yeah, I it was also, yeah. Uh, those ears yeah. aren't long, but they feel very long. Yeah. Uh, 
when you see when you see that suit, are you already in your mind thinking, how did they make it? Or are you thinking, I want to make my own version? Or are you looking at the different pieces that they've added to it? Uh, it's a great suit. What parts of it stand out to you? The, the cowl, number one, for sure. Because it's very, you get that feeling where he, you know, you see the stitching on it. It's almost like Pfeiffer's Catwoman like mask like you see the stitching yeah. like you you get that feel like he put it together you know himself like he had to build all this stuff the he was in his very, room like, listening to nirvana yeah, yeah. crocheting yeah. and stitching it yeah yeah the suit the suits like you know the legs the pants are like combat pants where he like you know stitch stuff on and he has a pretty generic like utility belt with like stuff hanging off of it you know he has a functional batarang that he can like take off and use it as a weapon like it's it's a very actually... real real world Exactly. I, I loved that it looked like a chest plate on top of army yeah. fatigues. Yeah. And yeah. the belt was literally like a police issue combat yeah. belt. And yeah. it had even he was using the ammo pockets for like a police gun, like yeah. as yeah. like I'm gonna hold some shit in these things. And like yeah. I was like, this is such a cool like you you clearly bought this in pieces and put it together. Yeah, it's like we, we could go to like an army surplus or wherever and start putting those things together, like if we wanted to. Like that's the feeling that you get from that. And yeah. that just gave it I think that added more of that real world, like, you know, feeling. Um, well, and it's also a perfect year two Batman. He's only, you know what I mean? He's got yeah, some he's of fresh. the stuff figured yeah. out, but it's not there. And it makes me so excited to see the evolution of this suit because hopefully we get more of this Batman in doing sort of these things. Um, yeah. I would love to see when this, when his, tailoring skills get a little bit better or if he yeah, brings yeah. in or if we find some you know how come there hasn't been a prop master on batman he finds some kid on instagram he's like hey you're doing great work i gotta <laughs> I, I need you to come into my life i have yeah, some yeah. stuff for you to make yeah. I, that's to what me, you look I, for right yeah right. right maybe we'll just like throw this out there real fast before i it's kind of like not afterthought but spoiler alert spoiler um, alert spoiler with alert. the end of the movie the way he basically said i have to become something more than what i am in my mind, I'm like, okay, so he's going to become more Bruce Wayne. Like, we're going to see more Bruce Wayne finally. And to me, I think he's going to show back up at Wayne Enterprises, meet Lucius Fox, and be like, I have a list of things I need from you. And kind of like that same yeah. idea. And then next time we see him, it'll be like, okay, there's like the most hardcore Batman suit that's been made by, he put money into this one. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, That's what I'm expecting to happen next is the evolution of that character is now that he knows he needs to be more than the street level, I built my own stuff and now I'm hiding in the shadows. Now he's got to, yeah, he's going to yeah. up his game. And I just love every time you, he kind of steps on screen. It's almost like, it's like that feeling, like the music, the soundtrack, that like ambiance, like that ominous feeling. Like it's like when you, see, when you hear like the shark in Jaws, like coming, yeah. it's like, you, okay. you know what I mean? Like, go ahead, Michael. Yeah. You, <laughs> no, no, we're getting into it now. If we're going to get into it, we're going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> um, they were able to make Batman Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah. He is the Michael Myers for criminals. And there was a, a couple of moments when he walks on chains. It was like Jason Voorhees is here. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. We yeah. got to <laughs> deal with this guy. And you hit him and you hit him and you hit him and he keeps yeah. getting he back up. Yeah. Uh, I was... I was telling my wife actually because I made her see it with me, and she's like, "This movie's so long," and I'm like, it "Doesn't matter. We're watching it." Yeah. And um, the beginning where he's doing the like the full on long Halloween monologue where he's explaining his like, "This is my second year in the city," and like he's doing all that stuff, 
And then like you see the bat signal, everyone's like looking at the shadows, terrified, and he's like, I yeah, am yeah, the yeah. shadows. And you see him walk out for the first time. I'm like, oh, that was ominous. I loved that. That gave me chills. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny is there, uh, I, I just found out today, because of course I don't do any research. Um, <laughs> that scene when he goes out and fights the uh, punks, there is an, uh, that scene, also the scene when he goes down in the elevator and the guys are shooting the guns at him and we only oh, see Batman in the awesome. flashes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, phenomenal. But it reminded me so much of Darth Vader in Rogue <laughs> One. In Rogue One, when, yeah. When yeah, Michael yeah. Myers shows up and just <laughs> yeah. starts murdering yeah, dudes, yeah, 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 I was uh, I was pleasantly blown away, um, with how flushed out this world was in just one movie, and that I'm already like, great, let's go back to it. Great, yeah. the city, let the city is all flooded. Let's see what happens when the crime lords take over and Batman's yeah. got to do some more cool shit. Yeah, um. I'm so excited to know that there's two. They're making those two spinoff shows that are coming out, um, and then they have another movie that they're going to start working on. Like I'm, I'm all for it. Like when yeah, they started, sure. once the, I knew the plans were there, but as soon as I saw this movie, I pretty much. And here comes the uh, the insert clip that Michael already waits for. Shut up and take my money. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about. Like after I saw the movie, I'm like, all right, I'm all in. I want, I want these shows. I want the Penguin show. I want to see him do his thing. I want the the Arkham Gotham PD yeah. show. I want to know more you, you about. You get emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, circling back to something you said, I wanted to commend you. Uh, Ten years of cons is no joke, and it's such an individual drive. You're you're an independent seller, but you're also kind of like. A comedian and like, oh, I'm opening up a stage over here. Everyone, come over, come see my wares. Yeah, um, yeah. It is uh, those experiences at Comic Con are a list uh, is a junction of these industries, but also individuals who are passionate about it. So my hat goes off to you for doing ten years of it. That is, thank you. Thank you. you bring so many people joy, and even the people that don't buy anything get to look <laughs> at all your wares. It's such a difficult thing. Uh, they don't know about the crates in your cars and you got to yeah. move all that stuff sure. and super lots late and stuff lots of there. preparation, creating, building, getting it all ready. Yeah. And sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a plus to your bank account. Sometimes yeah. it's a hit on your yeah. bank account. Uh, that's sure. a very, it's a very difficult thing. If someone was going to get into the con game and want to go and start doing that, what piece of advice would you have wished someone had given you when you started on day one? Oh, just to keep like keep your head up it's like you said you're gonna have conventions that are awesome you're gonna have some where you break even you're gonna have some that you do not so well um the main thing is just i've always done it because i love doing it i i'm an artist i love sharing my art with other fans and other people and talking about my process um do it mostly because you love doing it and um just keep at it. Like, don't give up. Like if you have a bad show, two bad shows, um, you, you just got to keep at it. We're always like, I'm always my own worst critic. Um, but you just, you just got to stay positive and know that there's people that want to see your stuff. And that's, that's what's most important. Right. Cause you never know what will happen. Like with my, with my thing, I never wanted to do it as a full-time career and it's sort of, I got lucky. Um, and it sort of organically, everything sort of fell into place and, yeah, it's it's been a pretty awesome journey so far. So, uh, 
you, it's, I'm always fascinated. Um, I am, uh, I went into the world of performing and comedy and performing in a different way to get those adulations, but you are mm -hmm. able to bring 3D objects that are on your mind, on a piece of paper, into reality. Uh, I want to know, what are some of your dream projects to work on? Not like, oh, Warner Brothers calls you tomorrow and do yeah, this thing. I want to like, work on, yeah. Right. But in your, like, garage, I'm sure you've, you know, your years of watching cinema and Ghostbusters. Is there, like, a prop that you want to make yourself that you don't, you don't have or haven't seen out there in the world? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, I've always like made things that I've wanted to make. Um, and I feel like I've, over, I've already seen them, um, whether it's from film or whatever. Like I've, I haven't done much stuff that's like custom. Um, I do that mostly like with my, my sort of other art form, like my painting and stuff. That's a, a sort of different thing. Um, but in terms oh. of stuff that I want to build that I haven't built yet, um, I'm a big fan of like um, Giger and like aliens and stuff. I don't, I've, I'd love to do like some crazy alien stuff, like something, you know that it's alien, but with a different kind of twist to it and like different elements. Yeah, well, it reminds me of those um, 90s xenomorph alien war toys where you would get like uh, the bull alien, where he oh, was an alien the, toy. Yeah, the aliens, the Kenner, the Kenner. Yeah. Line. Yeah, those are Those yeah. toys were <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. And it makes me so sad that we've never seen, like, listen, I'm ready for the superhero version of a Xenomorph movie. I'm ready yeah. for them to have, oh no, it's a flip-flop. You know what I mean? I'm ready for that stuff to come out. Okay. Okay. So it'd be like, a, what would you mix a Xenomorph with? <clears throat> Fuck, I don't know. Um, it would have to be something equally, like, I think as strong and powerful. Like they've done already Alien Predator. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think. I'd have to think on that. I mean, like, I know, it, I know from your Instagram page. I mean, what would what would Wolverine look like if he had a if he was half xenomorph? Would his claws be like tongues? Like, what oh, they, would... they, his claws would be like the like the like the tails of like the right. aliens, how they're serrated and like, you know what I mean? Like those would be like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. <sighs> Why is why is Wolverine the template for everything? Why is it in my mind? I'm always awesome. like, okay, so Wolverine is now in Lord of the Rings. Go, like, okay, so he... <laughs> it's because we grew up in the everything. '90s. Yeah, and he... everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was the coolest character in the '90s. In the '90s, yeah. we all were like, I'm going to get all the pencils and I'm going to wear them around and I'm going to get in trouble at school because <laughs> I'm running around with yeah. a weapon now. Like... That's all you needed was was six pencils and you're you're Wolverine, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That '90s show, <laughs> that, that it's, coming, it's coming back. It's coming, coming back. back. I mean, the '90s show is gonna be here in a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, X Men '97, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah, they're finally gonna finish the story that they did that they left off with. Um, yeah. But I also heard they're adapting House of M into that new season too. So oh, that's cool. gonna be fun. Yeah, they've done a bunch of, you know, with that, is it the Avengers what if, the Marvel what if? I feel like they want an animation world to hit more of that stuff, which the DC movies do all the time and never had to make a thing of it. They do one-off movies all the time, and it's yeah. great. I'm glad that Marvel is now also dipping their toes into that world. Yeah. But they're also making them fully canon, and that's the mm. thing. Marvel, Marvel didn't want to go off on the side stories until they established that all of the stuff was canon. Now that Loki came out and we know that it's all canon, um, 
surprisingly enough, uh, Marvel What If is canon to the new Doctor Strange movie. They're going to do some stuff that directly references that. So if you haven't watched What If, <sighs> I got to go, go watch, watch What If. Yeah, go watch okay, it all. okay. Yeah, I have like, to start watching stuff that I worked on. I think that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what stuff that has come out have you worked on that you haven't watched yet? Um, well, N- Nightmare Alley. I worked on Nightmare Alley. Well, I already uh, wrote that down. What a perfect transition. Let's get into Nightmare <laughs> Alley. <laughs> you set that up yeah, and knocked so, it out of the park, Michael. I know, right? Um, so with Nightmare Alley, um, I was able. we filmed it here in uh, Toronto. Um, and I was able to... Uh, work on a few things there specifically um like i mentioned i haven't watched it yet which is i have to watch it which blows um, my mind once, you, yeah. you you built a playground for these actors to do these scenes and if if the world wasn't believable those scenes would kind of fall flat guillermo really likes these archetypal characters and stories and the setting is so good it reminds me of that picture some state fair, the devil door, it's in black and white and you see the stuff. Your stuff from the 30s in that movie was so phenomenal. The whole time I was like, wow, I love this world. How do you even go about, does Guillermo give you eyeball sketches and then you sort of work with him on that? Or do you bring him the eyeball room? How does that process work? Yeah, so I got to help out with uh, the animatronic eye that's moving and then sort of the decor of the eyeball room there. and like you mentioned, Guillermo's very specific in detail oriented when it comes to like time pieces and what we needed. So um, the scene, uh, like the Ferris wheel, like the prop guys had to go back and source, you know, light bulbs from the 30s and 40s that were time specific of, you know, the Ferris wheel. And he built the Ferris wheel and um, that whole fairground, uh, not too far from where I am up in Markham and it was all kind of kept under wraps and everything, but uh, yeah, it was cool. But yeah, I, I need to watch it. <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, I, just so, I just want this to not be lost in the sauce of this conversation. They had to find light bulbs from the 30s. Of Probably <laughs> there is a handful of, and probably yeah. only a handful that they are willing to give you <clears throat> for you to burn out because there's not like there's more of these 30s light bulbs. And then you're probably also recreating some of this with cg or using other light bulbs and stuff but that's such a difficult thing because those materials aren't around we don't if it was made in the 30s those technologies were from the 20s we just don't have that stuff anymore and it was such a wonderful glimpse into that world uh did they keep those sets is he gonna do a is he gonna do a nightmare no no One of the things that was brought up uh, before we started this, well, uh, have you seen, we were talking about Toys R Us earlier and all of our loves of Toys R Us, which was props for kids. Like before you could go, before the internet was, if you wanted to know what was out there, this is it. You know what I mean? Um, Have you seen any of your props from things that you've worked on on a store shelf? Have you seen the toy version of something that you've worked on yet? You know what? I'm waiting for like titans figures to like come out yeah and there's there's figures for okay there's pops vinyl pops funko pops like there's figures for every obscure line out there but not titans I'm like why can't i i want a batman titans figure i want like a nightwing robin like i just want some cool like mcfarland like come on let's make some cool titans figures you know what i mean like, uh, i totally agree with you and i'm so happy that mcfarland is still around and kicking 
Uh, are there any other, he's the big toy guy. That's always the one that stands out to me. Um, yeah. What other, uh, this shows my ignorance to the space. Have there been any other custom toy stuff or is it all kind of gone to Etsy where it's like, I pay one person to make my custom uh, yeah. uh, Chewbacca figure, but he's doing like a YMCA pose because yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. make that one anywhere else. I've, I've reached out to a few people. Um not with like a lot of detail, but just, Hey, can you make me, you know, I worked on this show. I'm looking to get like the Titans Batman figure made. Like I could probably do it myself if I wanted to just sort of amalgamate a bunch of figures, do some sculpting, remold it. Like I can do that, but it's like, okay, I want someone else to make it for me. Just as like, you know, um, you want so to have a moment where people... you open the box and it's there. And yeah. Like, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, they're out there. People do a lot of people do like <clears throat> custom figures and, and stuff like that. Like you mentioned, Michael, like on, etsy and things like that there's some pretty talented like figure sculptors which is which is awesome to see i'll get i'll get one eventually what eventually, i think is yeah, really yeah. cool about that whole space and how like we kind of touched base on this earlier with the, the the kind of explosion of cosplay is that 3d printing was kind of a huge factor in this stuff just exploding like yeah before it was like okay talent got really good the sculpting got really good it got really good and then as soon as 3d printers started being able to be in everybody's house they like exploded times like a thousand and yeah i'm i see a lot of that i've never i've never got i haven't got into 3d printing it's a total other brand new um art form to me that's you know alien that i don't know anything about um i'm very like if i can show you this like i'm very you know i sculpt out of clay like i'm working on michelle pfeiffer catwoman right now um so just I, casually, I, just casually yeah, takes yeah. over the Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> head he's working on. That's gorgeous. I can't believe. Are you looking at pictures online? Are you watching the movie and pausing it? I use um, reference photos from uh, from the film, as well as like the actual screen used props. Like I find them through you know museums and stuff, and I kind of every single stitch is like specifically laid to that stitch, and I try to make it as close to the original as possible. Um, but like, I'm, I know how to work with like silicones and, you know, latex and clay. That's my thing. I don't know how to, I haven't got into the whole 3d thing yet. I'm comfortable with this and you know, the 3d thing's amazing. Cause now you can digitally sculpt, um, and print something out and I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I think it's amazing. Um, but for me, like my physical, like time and hands and my love goes into this clay sculpture, right? When I'm just designing it on a computer and letting it print itself. I don't feel that I would get the same appreciation out of it doing it that way. Uh, I got to work with a prop builder. I got to go to his home. We was working cool. on a we were working on a project. Uh, uh, I was working on a uh, project. We played the video game Control, which has these great weird puppets in it, and he made it. Uh, do you know the prop maker Dragon? The prop maker Dragon? No, I don't think yes. so. Yes. Shout outs to Dragon. If you don't know his awesome. work, I, I don't know if he has any work out there. He made these really great, weird puppets oh, wow. of us. And he no. had a 3D scanner. And we I sat in his chair in his living room. His roommate made us breakfast. And he scanned our heads. And, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, he made these puppets for us. They're records for the game. But that is my head. That is me as a little puppet boy <laughs> so cool. with weird Barbie arms. And this was the artifact I got to keep from all that stuff. That's awesome. But, uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I He was like, oh, I'm going to scan your head. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be some, I'm going to go to some thing in some industry, and they're going to scan me. No, it was just a hand thing, and it just went yeah. around my head, hold yeah, steel. Yeah. 
and I got to play with all of his fun stuff. Uh, where do you think, where do you think these uh, technologies are going to go? Because as these, as these industries are changing, there is something about things made by hand that has a view that I resonate with. And when I see that, I go, oh, that's what it is. But do you think it's going to keep going more of this way? Or do you think that there still will be a, there will still be people doing their hands come 10, 15 years from now? I think the future predominantly is going to be the 3D stuff. Um, it's just easier. Like we're seeing that now with, you know, the Marvel films, like, you know, Cap's helmet, like um, Black Panther's helmet. Like those are all, they start all through three, they're sculpted 3D now. It's just easier. You get a perfectly symmetrical um, sculpt out of it, right? Um, and I think that's the way that the film industry is going. You're still going to have films, independent films, uh, where you're going to need the hand sculpted stuff, like especially if it's um, prosthetics, like if you're laying prosthetics, foam latex on people's faces, like you're going to have to do some of that by hand. So there'll always be that person who's hand sculpting, doing the, the applying and stuff like that. But I think predominantly it's going to go, I think, 3D. I think that's the, I think that's the future of, of uh, sculpting and even making the molds and stuff. It's now it's all 3D. It's crazy. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's very weird because that's kind of how the whole industry is kind of moving in the, the same sense too. I mean, with the, the, the digital sets now that we're getting with like the Mandalorian yeah, yeah. and Mandalorian, the, yeah. the Marvel movies and are doing some of that stuff. Now Zack Snyder's using it for all of his Netflix stuff. And yeah. then you have like, I think Kenobi is implementing kind of like a half and half where it's like yeah, some of yeah. it's the 3d set. Some of it's like physical sets out in the desert, yeah. but for the actor, for the actors, it's great because they get to act. Yeah with an actual, with visual cues, like actual physical cues. So like, you know, there's, you know, half of a razor crest there's, you know what I mean? They, they can feel like they're actually immersed in that world as they're acting yeah. instead of just a blank green screen or blue screen. Right. Well, when Michael and I were younger, when we were in high school, he was the actor on the stage and I was the guy behind the scenes making all the sets for him to act on. And I was just thinking like, yeah, that stuff was obviously would never have been available in like a high school production, <laughs> but I'm like, that stuff is just really cool. That's like the, the dream. Like, having just like this blank canvas going into unreal engine and just building the set and being like there i did your set you can't complain about the painting now because it's perfect mm -hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh so you're obviously not watching the things you have worked on but what are you watching right now what's in your what's in your uh what's in your queue it's hard with, with small like with a family and small kids it's like uh, the past few months i've just been getting ready for uh i have a Toronto Comic Con here in less than two weeks. And that's exciting because that's going to be our first, you know, big Canadian show where our mandates are finally being lifted and we don't need to be vaccinated. And, you know, we can finally go and enjoy shows. Like I was out in uh, December at C2E2 um, in the States, but uh, here that's it's finally the Chicago we're show, have, Michael. By the yeah, way. the Chicago show, yeah. <laughs> Thank and you. I thought finally... I thought you were talking about a, 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 one of the moons on Mars. I had no idea that that was a place. Okay, great. But uh, yeah, it's exciting to have our first like big Canadian show here. Um, but besides that, like I've just been um, haven't been watching much to be honest. Like I finished The Witcher, um, which was an awesome show. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing much. I kind of just I'm big into like crime documentaries and series and stuff. 
So, and, and those are always easy to turn on when the wife is around as well. She's like, "Oh, yeah, who got yeah. murdered this week?" So that's yeah, a, yeah, I understand yeah. the joint viewing. Uh, I am wonderfully un, uh, underemployed, so I have lots of time to binge nerd shit when the wife is that's at awesome. work. So yeah. it's difficult because there's so many. The uh, level of nerddom right now is so high. It's almost like, what are you really into? Because I want you to watch that because you don't necessarily need to waste your time. There's with a other lot. Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, like the Disney Plus stuff, like, you know, Book of Boba Fett and all that stuff was, was really good. And um, yeah. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I, I love the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Michael, we, we had a show where we just talked about it. There was a lot of fans who just hated it. And I I thought it was a great step in the evolution of that character. Like I was just like I'm all for sure. it, and I'm all for what comes next. I look at it like, would you rather not have that show and not have any of that insight? No, I'd rather know that he, you know, got out of the Sarlacc pit and all that stuff. Right? Like, it's just adds to our what happened, you know, forty years ago, kind of. Well, and and we're also talking about here. Uh, I mean, we haven't gone into it, and I would love to ask you who are the filmmakers that you enjoy. But I love that they're bringing Robert Rodriguez, who basically did a once upon a time in Mexico fight scene in <laughs> space, and then he brought Machete into the world. Like, I like, I love that content so much, and it seems to be more difficult to get those things made. The fact that we can throw it under the Star Wars umbrella, it's like, yeah, yeah. let's make that happen. Uh, some people who have who uh, are uh, were unhappy with some of the uh, character choices in the new Batman movie, that there was some social, right? They were making commentary on things that are going on in our society today. Listen, Hollywood executives that live in Los Angeles, California, had to approve this million-dollar idea to get made. So Batman doesn't say any of that stuff. That's just what's going on around him. If that is the funnel of the story that we have to do to get a Batman movie, so what? Yeah. And if and if this is going to be the template to get Robert Rodriguez to do shootouts again, great. Let's have him do season two of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, and I just feel like everyone sort of wants to be tied into either, you know, a DC film or a Marvel film or, you know, something Star Wars nowadays, right? Those are the big, those are the things, right? So everyone, you got, like you said, all these big directors and people who want to be want to be part of it it's cool to see them all you know on screen and all that so well and hopefully um, as we are 90 kids the uh some some of the other stuff will get in there listen i don't know who's i don't know who the champion is for the live action savage dragon but i'll watch a guy with a green head doing yeah. cool kung fu stuff i don't understand yeah. why that stuff isn't around anymore yeah yeah so uh one thing i wanted to explicitly ask you on i'm not sure if you've seen anything about it um is the new ninja turtle movie that's coming out um, Seth Rogen is making an animated Ninja Turtle movie. I saw some like sort of imagery yep. of it. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, ew, Seth Rogen, ew. I, I will fight tooth and nail. He, he gave us the boys, so I'm okay with Hell whatever yeah. he does. Yeah. Right? So here is the first concept art that pops up for that show. Great. Very <laughs> weird. <laughs> right? So yeah. Cool. And then another yeah. one that came out. Right? They're all teenagers, obviously, like the braces, yeah. the glasses. Like, <clears throat> And we know I'm it's kind going of to be funny. It. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be cool. A hundred percent, it's going to be funny. It's going yeah. to be fun and watchable. And there's yeah. going to be jokes in it for Max. And there's going to be jokes in it for Dad. I, it, listen, 
They can all exist. Great. This will be the sure. fun Ninja Turtles. Let's get someone working on the Dark Ninja Turtles where they're yeah. real serious. Like, why It'll can't happen. all of sure. these things exist? Yeah. Oh, it will definitely happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was would... actually surprised. Sorry, just to circle back to Batman. Um, yeah. Was it a different rating for you guys in the States? It was PG-13. Okay, same as here. Okay. I was surprised uh, on how, like pretty hard it was yeah. for considering oh. it was PG-13. Oh, we are, at, listen, as Americans, our media is already so violent. As long as no one's showing boobies or having sex, <laughs> you can literally kill people on screen and it's totally yeah. fine. I it's honestly PG-13. feel <laughs> like yeah. if they would have shown yeah. the guy's face after the rats got him, I'm like, that would have been rated R right there. Like they all they had That'd to do was cool. show a little bit more gore and it would have uh, been rated R. The only moment I felt the movie had to clutch the brakes the only moment uh was the uh the scene when penguin is looking in the mirror and he's like i got you you friggin' idiot i was yeah, like oh, he's, gonna, he's gonna let it out yeah. oh there you know that there's a take where he says the f-bomb and you oh, know yeah. we're gonna get a blu-ray the r-rated version of it where he's allowed to smoke so. cigarettes and uh and say f-words yeah. <laughs> honestly when the i think it was the commissioner drop the f-bomb in the beginning of the movie i'm like well there's the only one we get why can't now that now the penguin's not going to say it yeah yeah. but that's the scene where you where you first see the the batmobile just like intimidating just like revving up like oh i got such like it was such cool feels from that yeah again it is a murder machine that is a death proof he made a quentin tarantino death proof car and now he's oh look at that i'm gonna let you know that i didn't like when i saw the picture of the car i said that's the worst map mobile i've ever seen and then when you see it in the film i was like eat my fucking words like sorry everybody we're wrong about that one that hot take was wrong because when you see it in the world it fits great yeah. When that scene happened, when like it was all dark and the headlights pop up and like it went full Night Rider with the red line across the hood, I'm like, and just the sound of it was like, wow. Yeah, like, you hear the scary. engine rev up. I yeah. grab the seats. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking to our, as we were gushing about uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, when the fire came on, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it was like, no, that's where the Bat Car always goes. That imagery is kind of part of the package, <laughs> and I like that they're putting it in so early. Like, no, that's what this is. And wherever this goes, it's absolutely going to get more tanky. We absolutely have to see sure. the long slender car yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, yeah. it's going to happen, but maybe year three or four. Yeah. <laughs> right now he has a muscle car and he's just like adding on whatever he can to his, you know, his muscle car. Right. But it's going to uh, evolve. Yeah. Uh, speaking of evolving and it's more Batman talk. So th- maybe this is spoilers and maybe I shouldn't bring this up here, but I'm going to do it. There are so many parallels between Batman and uh, the Joker that they are two sides of the coin. And to be honest, when I was younger, I never understood that. Seeing those scenes where Batman's eye makeup is all over the place and he's sitting there in his room with his hair, I was like, oh, I get it. Seeing that moment, that intention, and maybe it's something I never understood about the Joker when he calls out Batman – that Joker knows Batman is at home putting on the black makeup. He's making sure it's good. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a little bit more slapdash. But to see those moments, I was like, oh, that premeditation of what you're about to do. Joker likes the chaos of it, but Joker absolutely knows that when he pulls the baseball bat, he's going to use it. And I, I, there was a, those parallels felt very uh, real in this movie. 
of seeing those intentions where in other movies, you know, you never, you never saw George Clooney with the makeup on, you know what I mean? Is he's yeah, always yeah. like this or yeah. pretty or this, you know what I mean? Like and on that same take, I mean, there's that scene in Batman Returns where he peels off the mask and you see for that split second in between takes where the eye makeup is missing. Yeah. Because they had to take it off to, yeah. so this is the first time they allowed us to see the the guy put the makeup on. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, in, in Batman Begins, they kind of hid it away by making the mask had the eyelids built into it, which was like really yeah, like, yeah. so you, you're making us believe that the plastic eyelids are what's on his face. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but did, I really like that. Did Nolan's Batman have, did he do what the new Batman did with his eyeballs? Was that part of that suit? Did we ever see like little secret pictures? I remember Nolan's Batman having pictures of things, but he this didn't was have. the first Batman that actually, he wore the lenses that recorded everything. Yeah, and it's the it's the cool. be- yeah. it's the best, and it makes that scene. It makes me want to see the movie again because in that first scene where 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 you have that awkward interaction where the guy runs into Batman's like oh, it's because yeah, Batman, yeah. like a cameraman, is getting coverage. I need to look at everything, from yeah. every angle, because when I go home, when I'm not going to go to bed because I have no life and my parents died and uh, I'm real sad all the time, he's going to go through all that footage and kick sure. over every clue. Yeah, I, th- I thought that uh, that uh, adding that was really neat. It's a different take on how he can kind of go back and do do his detective work, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to make from that suit? If you were if you were going to make one part, what's the thing that stands out to you on the new suit? That I would do differently, or that's a much better question. Absolutely, I want to know <laughs> what you would do differently. My second question is. Uh, what part? What part of the new suit stand out to you? Because I feel like there's several different things that become the big thing. Uh, maybe I'm just gushing about. I really liked his tasers on his gauntlet. I would have loved to have seen more taser fighting. Yeah, those were cool. Because when you first see them, um, like when I first saw the footage, the leaked footage from like the stunt, the first few photos, like of the stuntman on the motorcycle through the cemetery scene, I'm like, oh, I don't like the mask at all. Like it just looked like I didn't. I didn't like it. But then when you see it edited on screen in the dark and stuff you're like wow like this this looks really good you can see all the better angles and stuff um i didn't know what those you know his sort of wrist bracelets thing were at first like those things shoot out like anyway little rockets like but it's it's cool like they did a good job with it like i do miss like the fins like i feel like every batman has you know the the fins right he had them but they were like they look like they were the cables from tightening his his gauntlets on. So yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're visually different. there, but they're useless because yeah. they're fabric. He needs fins to block swords. He's got to get the <laughs> fins back. Swords are going to start being in the. Sh- you know, swords yeah. are coming soon. Swords are coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, though, I thought the suit was really cool. Like we said before, it was very today's world. Um, you know, you could see him working on it in his basement and stuff. So it it, it was really cool. They did a good job with the design of everything. I wasn't excited for the Batman. I wasn't, as I was, as the world was gearing up for it, I wasn't like, oh, I got to see this movie. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, they knocked it out of the park. Wow, was I not expecting to go out and tell other people? Because I'll let you know, you know, I saw that DC... My, my theater showed 40 minutes of trailers. I, I mean, I, 30 minutes probably for sure. But then there felt like there was more. You know, they showed that DC scroll of all the different movies. Yeah. Those other They're movies look fun. But Batman was the only one I was really happy I was there to see. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah, it was it was good. I definitely have to watch it again for sure. Taylor, you know why what? don't I like Aquaman? 
you know what? I love Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I don't know why. I, I fucking love the guy. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad to know that people. I'm glad that there's that other opinion. I don't dislike him. I, I see all the really great work in those movies. I just need, I don't know. I need him to do something different. I need to see him in a different light. I'm, I'm ready for Maybe. Aquaman yeah. to evolve a little bit. Yeah. I hope that they've taken that input through, you know, the criticism and, and the critics for the second film. And uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and like you said, his, his evolution. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's exciting. We we live in an exciting time, that's for sure. Well, I'm I'm so excited that all these projects are being made and that fans of these projects are now getting to work on them and put that level of love the way you put your level of love into these things. Because uh, I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know. Well, the the so many of the things that influenced me today are things that came before me and the love that other people put into it. I'm so happy that that circle is working and that more people are getting their hands on these projects. Yeah, it, it's 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 special. It's special. I hope that that continues for years to come. That just regular Joes like me get to get their hands wet and you know contribute to these things that mean so much to them. Um, actually, one of my friends said to me today. He messaged me because I. Cause I posted that, you know, we're doing the interview and it's going to be up soon for everyone to see. Um, he's like, you know, that he's like, you're among such a small handful of people that got to contribute to a live action, like Batman suit. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's cool. Like it, I think about it and it makes me almost like emotional. Cause he like Keaton and Batman is like my childhood. So the fact that my first like big project, um, I guess you could say in the industry was, contributing to that and it's just like like i peaked just doing that i'm like okay <laughs> fold it up i'm done like yeah it, right. it was such a blessing and i got to work with amazing people um the stunt guys were just like amazing and it's it, it was such a cool such a cool thing to do and i hope that you know other people get that opportunity as well um yeah i i 100 believe it will be i mean michael and i have talked about this before um my family in the industry is what they used to call like uh, Hollywood legacies where um, for the longest time, Hollywood would be almost like nepotism in a way where you would only get in if you knew somebody or you related yeah. somebody. So my family, um, they were key grips. They were, um, they were PAs. They were set designers. They were um, uh, one of my uncles. Uh, he worked with ILM on the miniatures oh, for wow. star Wars. Like wow. they were just, just nepotism left and right. Yeah. They were, they were yeah. there because of their name. Right. And now we have, thanks to one of the, the only things I think benefit from social media. I think social media is kind of toxic in a way, but yeah, it has it given be, a yeah. lot of creators. Taylor Murphy says social media is toxic. Tweet! Self-fulfilled prophecy right there. But no, um, I think that what it's, one of the greatest things that it has done is it shows creative, creative people, it's getting them, getting them seen. Mm. Yeah, and for sure. Like with all the prop makers, all the costume makers, all the cosplayers, like you're you're seeing people, like one to me one of the best examples is what happened with uh, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, where you have the the Luke Skywalker scene in the first right. the second season, and it comes out and we're like okay that's cool and all, and then some some Joe on the internet was like I can do better, he does better, and then Lucasfilm is like you're hired, and then they make then we get season two and he's like he's flawless, and I'm like. Can we go back and redo that scene in season one now? Like, can we go back? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, uh, like, 
people now social media is given people like you people like prop makers in general just they're getting recognized in a way that would have never existed without the medium yeah. and i just i love it yeah no it, it helps it helps a lot um because there's so many people that are talented and have such that are gifted in this and so passionate that they deserve you know their hard work it they deserve to be seen right so yeah it's a platform where people can they can get discovered and it's it's amazing when it when it happens so exactly when and like you said when before, the platform you're gonna is, have sorry go ahead i said when the platform is used correctly and it's used in a positive way it's a beautiful thing yeah you're gonna have with every you know positive you're gonna have some negative people out there but that's just part of the business that's it happens right it's always going to happen, but you take, you know, you know where you stand and what you do and what you're passionate about and you take the good over the bad. Right. So. Yeah. You hear that it, people go to the Comic-Con. Don't be a jerk. When you go to the vendors, they're very tired. Bring them coffee and donuts. And yeah, then maybe, nice you, maybe haggle the prices. Just accept what the prices are. Why are you haggling this whole time? Help them yeah, feed yeah. their families. That's it. I mean, speaking of that, Michael, when you and I used to go to Comic-Con when we were in our high school years, you would be the only person I knew who would walk up to the vendors and be like, how was your day, And, sir? and you, would yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you would just start talking to them. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's funny is... Uh, He's greasing the wheels for a good price. Uh, He's the, but he never bought anything. That's why I was like, what are you oh, doing? I never, <laughs> bought, I, never, I, never, I never bought anything, but I always wanted to know how they were doing. Because they would play yeah. the like, yeah, I didn't know, but I, I didn't know that there was a Fantastic Four movie that was awful. I was watching as much as I could on that VHS tape over there. Yeah. Uh, it's funny is my comic, uh, we lived in San Diego, so we were at kind of the template of where Comic-Cons were going. And we, you know, the, the Comic-Con I went to was not the industry Comic-Con. I feel like after Iron Man, Comic-Con yeah, changed. Yeah, erupted. Yeah. And especially in those late, to mid-2000s to later 2000s, that was where Hollywood was going to show you this batch of nerd movies. Oh, yeah. you fan it. Let's put the fantasy girls in with the robot boy. Like all of a sudden it just became this weird. And I feel like it's gone. It's become much better because it's now become a place where we get to celebrate Rick and Morty, or we get yep. to have the cast of something come out. And I really like that aspect of it, yeah. but I don't know. I have not been to a Comic-Con in a long time. Uh, now COVID is definitely part of that, but that Comic-Con was not exciting to me. I did like going up and seeing people's artifacts and the things that they've got and old Comic-Con with actual comic books where I had to go over there because I was, I got into, uh, um, uh, uh, what? Amazing Spider-Man. I got no spectacular Spider-Man oh, late, right. and I had to go and find issues like that interaction I miss. And I know it's still there. It just feels different. Barry. What is what is the vibe of the uh, Toronto Comic Con? Yeah, obviously our our shows here, like our big shows, are the Toronto one, which we have in two weeks, and then we have Fan Expo, which is in August. Where yeah, we get roughly over four days, ninety to hundred thousand people. So it's a it's a big convention, but it's nowhere on obviously the platform as uh, Chicago or New York or San Diego. Like those are like the big big shows, right? But they're still big here. It's still an amazing crowd. Um, you get people from, you know, we get celebrities from the states from all over that come in to do panels and and signings and stuff. Um, we have all the, you know, the usual stuff like the cosplay and the exhibitors, and it's it's a really good convention feel. Uh. 
We, you're, you're putting i'm being distracted no we can we can we can wrap this up we can wrap this up here uh I, my last question for you is you know uh we were talking about new york and la beforehand but toronto is an industry town does that does that industry spill over is there do you get to see are they bringing those sets and things like that has anyone started marrying yeah, yeah. those two things o- over over i mean over the last five years especially um Toronto has become a very um, busy film industry. Like we have the Netflix studios now that they built here in the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's a lot of shows that have been filming here, a lot of movies that have been uh, being made here. So it's it's putting itself on the map more and more each year. So um, it's great. It's great for the industry. It's great for uh, for the economy. It's bringing you know fans in um, from all over the world. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's cold, mm-hmm. but besides that, it's great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, Max's dad, thank you so much for being here. We will let you get back to your family because I'm Thanks, sure please. you have limited time to watch your murder documentaries and your uh, <laughs> the wonderful shows that Max is watching, his yeah, Pokemon. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. We, met, we said it earlier, but if people want to see what you are working on, where can they go? Where can they follow you? Yeah, I post uh, most of my work on Instagram. So you can go to AS Creations uh, on Instagram um, and Speranza on Facebook. Uh, yeah my work's there. So I'm posting all the time. So yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for spending. Uh, they don't know. I mean, this is, this is nebulous time and space, but thank yeah, you for yeah, spending our yeah. morning with us and your afternoon. And Thanks, uh, guys, it, it was a pleasure. Uh, I really was appreciate awesome. it. Thank you. Yeah, We're going to definitely want to have you come on again sometime uh, Absolutely, after, yeah. uh, after Kenobi comes out. So we can yeah, talk to you all about Kenobi. So we can talk about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so voice. excited for that show. <clears throat> but, it's uh, it's going to be awesome. No, thank you guys. I hope you guys have an awesome afternoon. You as well. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, You can hit us up on Patreon and help support the channel at patreon.com slash theculturednerd. Our show uh, hosts myself, Taylor Murphy, my co-host, Michael Santel, and uh, our Patreon supporters, Wesley and Oscar. Uh, Thank you all for your due. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. You can find us on all social medias at theculturednerd and have yourselves a wonderful day. Goodbye, boys. And girls. There's girls, too. Goodbye, boys and girls. There you go. There you go. That's better. And robots.